man got on my nerves. He was running me a mouth. He ridiculed me, calling me a bum. I whooped Batman's ass. I whooped Batman's ass. Hello, my friends, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. No, which, uh, this week I might add, is Canada's largest exporter of iron-on patch decals for t-shirts. Oh, <laughs> wow. Your, your business must have peaked in 1978, man. I'm not going to so. lie to you. It's been lean. Yeah, it's, but, it's tough. But my business, like others, it's like we have a, sh- there's a cargo ship that's waiting in the port. To, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> out there, supply chain right now. So Yeah, that, that problem in, uh, where was it? The, the dam that was blocked up? Suez was Canal. The Suez Canal. Suez Canal was blocked up that's the patches have been stuck there since since uh, 1981 right 81 you still have to fulfill those orders from the back page of dynamite magazine Uh, for kids out there iron on decals that was the shit man you would get them they you could tear them out of magazines or i think they even would have them like a cereal box prizes and you just you it's it just be this thin piece of paper and you iron it onto a t-shirt you make your own imagine t-shirt. a world remember there was like you, you could buy all the letters and you can spell yeah, words out spell on a shirt out. the yeah. power the power would go the to your power head you, it's had, mad. Yeah. you were drunk with power make make your own t-shirt yes this is this kids with their silk screening who needs that people succumbed uh, people succumb to iron on madness they just absolutely just it yeah. went to their heads wait so what canadian you're canadian now this is your new thing? No, no, no. The business is. It was saying it's. We do the manufacturing in Canada and the. Ec- Where export. in Canada? Here's your. Here's your quiz, Mister America. How many places can you name in Canada? Oh, where I'll tell you exactly. So the head office is in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Thunder Bay, Ontario, hometown However, of Paul Schaefer. It is. Yeah. yeah. However, yeah. Uh, we have a satellite office in Kamloops, British Columbia. Kamloops. It's a great name. I've been watching this um, Pam and Tommy miniseries, which I really like, and I knew. Pam was from, I thought she was from Vancouver. She's from actually a small town. Burnaby. She moved to Vancouver, uh, Lady Lady Smith. And she moved to Vancouver uh, out of high school. And that's where she was discovered. She was discovered like on the Jumbotron at a BC Lions Canadian Football League game, which which is true. And they show it in the, in the miniseries. Uh, but I didn't realize she was from a small town. I thought she was a city girl because uh, trivia fact about Pam Anderson, when she was born, she actually was in the news because she was born on July 1st, 1967, which is why I should know this as a Canadian. The 100th anniversary of Canada's independence was July 1st, 1867. So a whole bunch of babies that were born that day were called centennial babies and they were in the news. So there was apparently a photo of her as a newborn in a newspaper. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I didn't realize she was from a small town. So that's a that's a story. For Do you me. know, uh, it's there's a, a bit of symmetry. You know who else? There was another Playboy playmate who went on to fame, and then unfortunately a gruesome end. And she was also from Vancouver, uh, none other than Dorothy Stratton. Uh, who Dorothy I Stratton said, was from Vancouver. She was yeah. I she was she that. was her, her. She was a Dutch family or a Dutch descended family in Canada. They, their, their family actually their name was Hoog Stratton. Uh, which quite literally right. means, um, I think it means high street. Um, yeah, but you know, right. we all know what happened to Dorothy Stratton. Right. Yeah. Well, I, for those who don't, she was a Playboy playmate, and she was murdered. Uh, mur- uh, murder. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of twenty, by her estranged husband and manager, who committed suicide the same day. Well, now she's reunited. One of the few things I know about her with with 
Peter, Peter Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich yeah. yeah, the great, the great love of his life. Yeah, but, yeah, she's from she's from Vancouver. Yeah. Anyway, did you did you introduce yourself by the way yet? No. Why do that? Why know? do that? What? Who needs it? Who uh, needs it? Who needs it? Who cares? Does it matter now? Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I'm founder and senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, a trivia game show spectacular. Technically, I'm a Canadian citizen, by the way. I really should renew my passport, which expired in the 90s, and I've been living as an American since then. Uh, you even, so, even sound like us, too. It's amazing. I know. It's incredible. I, I, I blend in. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, destroying you guys from the inside. It's all me. <laughs> You're a sleeper. I'm a sleeper agent from, from Montreal. For the Stephen um, Harper government. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been prime minister in quite a while. The Pierre Trudeau uh, government? We're all in Pierre, Pierre Trudeau? Pierre okay. Trudeau, yeah. yeah. Gary Trudeau? Uh, the uh, Gary Trudeau government? John, Gary Trudeau. <laughs> uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, John, uh, John Diefenbaker. There's the Canadian prime minister of the 60s who had a great name like that. Anyway, um, God, it's been a while. So I just want to say before we go any further, anyone who listened to last week's episode about John Mulaney, uh, who's it? Your friend, Bill, who's never met me, said, I love listening to Noah have a breakdown yes, on the Mr. air. Mr. Sky Wingfield, yes. My yes, Sky, thank you, Sky, for your concerned and or uh, uh, humor. Uh, I'm doing better now, but a special shout out to the three friends who reached out to me and said, Jesus, what the fuck happened to you? Uh, Adam Starling, Mary Reeves, and Rob McCarthy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your concern. It takes a, but, it yeah. takes a village to, to keep Noah's spirits It takes spirits a village, up. my friend. Yes. John Mulaney, uh, just, he, he definitely triggered me. Uh, but hey, you know, life goes on. I'm still here a week later. That's good, right? I, I could promise you we're not going to get that same uh, volatile mix of chemistry this week because we, are, we have a well, very different subject. Well, yes, but there is a strong argument to be made, and I will I will definitely get into that, about I I could harbor quite a bit of jealousy of this topic. I mean, this this topic does strike me on a personal level, different from the way the Mulaney thing did, but there is, I, I wouldn't say a uniquely personal connection I have to this topic, but certainly more than most people. And Bill, why don't you tell people what the topic is if they don't know for some bizarre reason? Yes, yeah, so you clicked on this, now it's time to give you what you, what you signed up for. We're talking about the Batman. or um, The Batman. The, the, the Batman, depending on how, how it's current. Not... Not a Batman. Well, that's but the Batman. Well, that's the joke, you know, because this is the first of three, um, first of a, th- a presumed trilogy, which I assume they're going to make mm. all three. They went into. Are this- they really? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. the whole. I thought the whole move now was just spin it off into TV shows. They have no. two TV shows planned. Yeah, they based do. On this they're going to go to the. Yeah, they're going to go. I think one the of, Penguin and the cops. And is that one of those? No, the cops has been canceled. They're doing Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum, okay. Penguin uh, and Arkham Asylum. I'd be surprised if they happen. Uh, I wouldn't mind if the they penguins, do. Penguin's going to happen. Arkham, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yes, and so I assume if this is the nomenclature for the first movie, the, the, the next one will be called Anne Batman. If we're just if we're just going to be appending it with a, a definite article. <laughs> Indefinite in Anne's case. So what would so what would the third would would it be a, a Batman? Would the third one be Noah? What 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 articles left over? Do uh, we have what are the other articles? I don't know. God, my my, my grammarian uh, the uh, uh, and yeah yeah uh, or of Batman. I think you know it would have been even better if it was called Hey, it's Batman. That would be pretty cool too. Well, I think Hey, it's Batman is basically the marketing approach. I mean, I'll get into it, but. So much of the reason they keep recycling these same, you know, uh, recognizable IP, you know, 
entities over and over again is the marketing is, are you going to say, hey, that's Batman. I know who Batman is. I'm going to go see this movie. If they made up some new superhero, it would not have that. By the way, any uh, any movie that has a one-word title that's either, you know, a species or, a, you know, an art, a noun or something like that, it, it, a movie is always made better if you append, hey, it's, so for instance, hey, it's Jaws. Hey, it's. <laughs> Hey, it's Rocky, you know, like it, movies. Hey, it's Rocky. It's, it, you hey, know, it, it, add a star hey, to it. Hey, it's Rocky 3. Hey, it's yeah. Rocky 3. You add a star to it hey, right there. Yeah. Hey, it's Philadelphia. Hey, it's Titanic. Hey, it's Casablanca. Or, you know, what's Batman doing over there? That's another way. That's, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Birth of a Nation. <laughs> so you guys know what Batman is already. We don't need to tell you because we've had yeah. about 50 versions of Batman since 1989. Uh, this one, yeah. this was, you know, this is huge. This is a smash hit. Uh, one of the things that we make sure not to do here is pretty much have this become the the you know the streaming TV show podcast because again there's so much sensation that comes out of that and I guess you know now that we're going back to the theater it's difficult or at least you know we have to endeavor to not become you know the the what's the popular movie at the box office this weekend podcast because we're not going to oh do that. but it's been a while. when's the last time we I mean it's been a while since well the pandemic yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. When's the last time we did a new? A, we did trolls. A feature early in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. We did Mitchell, we Mitchell's versus a, the machines. Mitchell's versus the machines. Yeah. Right? That was during the pandemic. Welcome, welcome before to the, the machine. pandemic. We did cats. Right before the pandemic, we did cats. Yeah, yeah. Remember, okay. I'm the one person on earth who liked cats. It was the sensation, exactly. It was. So, a, it was. It was now and forever. Anyway, so this movie uh, is the latest feature iteration, featuring uh, everyone knows Batman, played by Robert Pattinson. Uh, famously cast, uh, who's having a, a little bit of a rip right now, like that guy. Uh, and Batman, by the way, in case you didn't notice, no one will back me up here. Uh, Batman was solely invented in 1939 by Bob Kane and no Fuck one else. You. And Fuck you! No one else. You. Fuck you! Fuck Bob Kane! Fuck, what's his name? The uh, the, the the editor at DC Comics who fucked over... Julie uh, Schwartz? No, no Julie Schwartz wasn't there. Harvey uh, 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 Donenfeld, one of those names. Anyway, fuck them. There's a great documentary called Batman and Me about this guy endeavoring to finally get Bill Finger credit for co-creating Batman. And the climax of the movie is he, he tracks down Bill Finger's granddaughter and climax of the movie is he goes to see Batman v Superman, which is... Ugh. Uh, and the opening credits finally said Bob Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. So Bob Kane was, I don't want to say a con artist, but he stole the credit. Bill Finger was the writer, um, and Finger never got credit until, you know, Batman v Superman. And now, you know, for years, comic books would say Batman created by Bob Kane. The movies would say that. And now it says Bob Kane with Bill Finger. It should really be Bill Finger with Bob Kane, in my opinion. I tried explaining this story a couple years ago to my niece, and she misinterpreted it as Bob Kane ripped the finger off some guy. Yeah, that's what that's what's intended. That's what it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Anyway, so, so this movie is directed by a guy named Matt Reeves, who's a talented filmmaker. He's made a bunch of genre films. Yes. Uh, the two uh, subsequent Apes uh, reboot franchise sequels, which I liked in both, that was, um, I believe, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and uh, War. And Rise of War. Uh, War. War Beyond Underneath. The Planet of the Apes. Subsequent to Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Next next to uh, Supra, yeah. Super Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Singles Jewish Weekend of the Planet of the Apes. He, he also directed the, the remake of uh, Let the Right One In called Let Me In, which was, was, you know, people forget about this movie. They really hadn't mentioned it in talking about Matt Reeves' um, 
oeuvre. They mentioned Cloverfield and that sort of stuff, but Let, Let Me In was okay. I mean, it's tough to make a movie that remake that movie. It was like a fool's errand. However, he did, he did a really good job um, with that vampire movie. So he wrote the co-wrote the script of this guy Peter Craig, who, by the way, Noah is uh, Sally Field's son, I believe. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I used to have. I used to have a crush on her. I don't know what it means, but that's just what it is. Yeah, so, what, and, what do you mean? What it means? I'm just saying. It's like so. What, it means no. Sally Field. Gave birth at one point. Like, what do you mean? Uh, this movie had a long, a uh, little bit of a tortured production because it was uh, shot entirely, for the most part, I think the first unit stuff was all in the uh, England. It was between um, Scotland, Glasgow, uh, Liverpool, UK. Um, and it was uh, stopped in the middle by COVID. I mean, this is one of those... We're going to start hearing these stories now about how, you know, they still made features. And this one was entirely filmed in the middle of COVID. And I had to put uh, the series, I think, on ice for like six weeks because Pattinson himself got, uh, he got COVID. He was, the, I think he was the weak link. He's the one that got COVID because he was probably really? running around, catting around at night as people yeah. do. So so much so much for being Batman, being a tough guy, yeah, right? But, he lets this wimpy disease. And he was wearing a mask the whole time. It proves masks don't work. Zoe Kravitz had said that there yes. wasn't really a sense of uh, bonhomie on the set because they couldn't socialize after hours. Uh, right. the, 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 you know, the, the filmmaking team was done at long, you know, long lenses. There was a distance from the actors. It was atypical. Yeah. By uh, the way, you know who Zoe Kravitz is the daughter of? Uh, yes, uh, she's the daughter That's of. That's right. Duddy Kravitz from the book of The Apprenticeship, the Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz, Kravitz, which every Canadian teenager is forced to read in high school. It was a uh, good uh, Richard Dreyfuss movie, too, on top of that. I never saw the movie. Never saw the movie. Um, so yeah, this movie ultimately caps out close. To, I think it's ten minutes shy of three hours. Opened on March two, uh, and it performed like gangbusters for Warner's. Which uh, I guess that's not really the, the difficult part. I think would be the movie's length. Uh, you assume that a Batman movie is going to be kind of like a, a shoe in. In fact, you know this was supposed to have been the solo installment of Ben Affleck's... Uh, this was supposed to be his, yes. his go at Batman. And he the, was going to direct it. He was going to direct it. And then he yeah. he pulled out of it, and he got out of there, and they reconceived it. And while they had the sort of slot and the idea that they wanted Batman, they asked this guy to come in, and, and they, uh, they accepted pitches from directors. They were looking for trilogy pitches, and so Reeves has one, and they bought it. So the thing is, Reeves made this with the ability, or knowing full well that this could potentially go into two other films. And so there's going to be themes that, you know, it, it's built with the idea, like like Nolan, that you know, you're going to get three movies that have some logic between them. I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's the idea. Are they really? Okay. Anyway, so uh, what did you think of this? Because, you know, I, I always bring this yeah. up when we talk about com- uh, comic book stuff, especially uh, Batty, Batty Batman, because uh, Noah did a... Uh, his, uh, his, his, I believe, your senior dissertation, or I don't know. Yep, I'm, I'm Batman. I was, I was yep. an American studies major. I was focusing on a media studies minor, focusing on popular culture, and I wrote my thesis or comps, comprehensive final project at Carleton College, as we called it, on Batman. And this, of course, was 1997, and I still think I was very much ahead of my time. I was analyzing it in a way that people weren't analyzing Batman at the time, and this is why the jealousy thing is going to be a big thing because. You know, if I had pursued that route of pop culture studies and gotten my master's in pop culture, which I considered, I started filling out the application for the pop culture department at Bowling Green State University and then quit. Um, 
you know, I, in many ways, I was ahead of my time. So anything Batman related, I'd take an interest in. Yeah, sure. And, Scholarly, I mean, but you grew, you grew up with the were. character anyway. It's like that was your that was your. Yeah, brand. I mean, well, I I I liked Batman as a little kid, but I really I was I was really sucked in by the '89 movie. You know, those who don't remember, there was a wave of Batmania. You know, everyone remembered Batman from the '60s TV show. And then in the 80s, when, you know, there weren't superhero movies. Superheroes are still mainly a niche thing. I mean, there were, but no one gave a shit. And the 1989 Batman movie kind of broke it open. And it was partly people remembered the 60s show. And there was, oh, Batman is serious? Batman is dark? You know, we still think of him as a TV clown. And all the nerds like me like, no, man, he's been dark in the comics for 30 years. You know, go back to Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill in the 70s. Uh so I got sucked in by that and went, oh, yeah, I fucking love Batman and just became a Batman fanatic and never really stopped. Uh, I mean, I don't read new comics, but, you know, if there's a Batman movie, no matter how bad it is, I'm going to go see it. And, you know, I made it through like three seasons of Gotham before giving up. And I tried, you know, uh, I tried the Batwoman TV. God, that was disappointing because I love the new Batwoman character and that show was bad. Uh, anyway, so I'm getting off here. So I, I will tell you my first reaction after leaving this movie theater was I've seen better Batman movies. I've seen worse Batman movies. Now, I know it seems like we've seen a thousand Batman movies, but by my count, and there's different ways of interpreting it, but my count, this is the 10th theatrically released live action Batman movie. I am not counting the two film serials from the 40s because they were serials. You know, you might count them. I am choosing not to. I'm not counting animated movies. And this might be complicated, but I'm not counting uh, Justice League. I'm counting any movie that has Batman in the title. So I count Batman v Superman. He shows up in Man of Steel, right? I don't even remember. No, no, no. He doesn't show up? All right, so I'm not counting that regardless. So so it seems like we've had a thousand, but... By my reckoning, we've had only one, two, three, five series. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a lot. You know, we had the 60s Batman. We had the, the 80s Batman, which really by the end was a different series, even though it was considered part of the series. It had mutated in a different way. 80s, 90s Batman. We had Batman v Superman, which, you know, spun off, connected to Suicide He wasn't in Suicide Squad, but they talk about him. No, he, he was in Suicide Squad. You're right. Yes. Uh, and then we had uh, Nolan... So now I've lost count. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah. We've had a lot of these. I've seen better. I've seen worse. But my opinions are, uh, I don't want to say unique, but different in this regard. My favorite Batman movie is still, do you know what my favorite Batman movie is of those movies? Um, I'm going to guess you're going to say, you're not one of those Returns guys, are you? Returns is great, but it's not my favorite. I liked Returns better than this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't know. I actually. I don't know. Uh, the dark. The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's a good one. And I, I love the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I mean, partly I was so fucking high when I went to see it. I remember, but um, what I love about the Dark Knight Rises, which is really what I look for in movies, in Batman movies, is just it reminded me of the comics. It was the sprawling, crazy story with allusions to comic stories without overburdening it in the way that like those DC TV shows do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, what's my ultimate point here? Uh, I guess that I thought this movie was kind of middle of the pack for Batman movies. I thought it was okay. Um, here's what I liked. I thought the cast was mostly pretty good. 
I don't know why Jeffrey Wright was whispering all the time, but I like him as Jim Gordon. And that kind of gets at um, what I like most about this movie is my favorite scenes were when Batman was dealing with cops. Those great scenes of seeing the cop, like he walks through the cops and they look at him. The relationship between Batman and the cops. I, I love the decision that this is two years into Batman. He and Gordon already have this partnership. The other cops are suspicious of him, but they get out of his way because they know he's, you know, he gets shit done. I thought the fight scenes were really good. I love seeing Batman as, um, you know, kind of like a like a. I was reminded of Old Boy. It was a Korean action movie. It's just the the fighting looks really naturalistic. What it would really be like if you were fighting guys on a subway platform, which I guess is ironic because in the comics I like the real balletic kind of visions of Batman swooping down. The things that wouldn't translate really well into film. This movie kind of adapting it i mean this is the thing when you adapt from comics you have to change a lot of stuff you know you can't just upload it to a movie um batman needs to be a very different character depending on his medium comics versus movies so i like that they made that adaptation um and i thought the climax was very good i really liked the action climax it was gritty it was real it was brutal uh it was timely i mean i don't know how much we want to give away here but something very timely in the climax everyone's complaining this movie's too long i didn't really think it was too long i just thought it was a little slow at points i guess it was too long and that they could have tightened things up and really not sacrificed any content and shaved 20 minutes off uh spoiler alert sorry spoiler alert we're, we're gonna we're gonna give away secrets yeah, here, yeah right? sure that's fine the the joker cameo was totally gratuitous completely unnecessary should not have been there um I thought Zoe Kravitz was not great. I liked... She was all right. I liked the character arc they gave Catwoman, but I literally laughed out loud when she said, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah, I, I mean... Know. I know. She, it was a good character. She gave a good effort, but I just don't think she's a great actress. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. Batman... And this is what I wrote my thesis. Batman is about is a, is the ultimate pop culture character, and that he's completely malleable. You can make a Batman comedy. You can make a Batman serious movie. You can make a Batman somewhere in between. And while I would have liked a little more humor in this, and maybe my favorite character was Colin Farrell as the Penguin, because he was the funniest character, and even he wasn't that funny. Um, I I think you know every Batman movie is a valid movie. So why not? Why not watch this? Why not enjoy this? Uh, I also thought from that viewpoint, this added something to the Batman canon, something we haven't seen enough in Batman movies, Batman as, a, as the detective. And they really made a point of doing that here. The Riddler being the main villain was the perfect way to introduce the detective concept. He's puzzling out, you know, the Riddler's clues. I've always had a little trouble swallowing the Riddler in comics. Like, what's this bullshit of leaving clues to his crimes? But... By turning him into this Zodiac killer style serial killer, they really kind of made a, you know, vaguely plausible justification for that. Um, I also, I think when Batman's at his best, we need we need Batman and Bruce Wayne. And we didn't get Batman and Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne was just Batman without the costume. And uh, frankly, if I lived in this Gotham, I think it would be obvious that Batman is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so I, always I heard somebody say that, by the way. It's like, who's Batman? Right. Well, how about that guy over there who looks the same way Batman yeah. does? He's the brooding, angry, rich guy whose parents were brutally murdered. So my point is, I just feel like... So I'm all over the place here. I just feel like something's missing in not having the Bruce Wayne millionaire playboy thing. 
But whatever. If you're right and they make more movies, they might they might explore that angle. Yeah, I think that's gonna, uh, gonna so, be the arc, I think, is to be honest. That's that's gonna be coming. Yeah. I think it's they intentionally left it off the page in this one so they can develop it later. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I hope they don't go totally cliche and the next movie's just the Joker. I mean, you know, they do that. They they had Riddler and Penguin because they weren't in the Nolan series. Like, let's dig a little deeper. Let's do fucking, you know, Zaz or Clue Master. Condiment or King. Someone in the next movie. Condiment King. Let's do Condiment King. Hey, they did Polka Dot Man. Um, and the last thing I want to say before I finally shut the fuck up is um, the malleability thing. I'm going to quote a guy named Kyle Smith, and forgive me, from the National Review, which I usually think is hot trash, but... He had a what I thought was a good review, and he really got at something here. He said, the headline said, should Batman be dark or fun? And he said, the audience quickly develops a tolerance, and he's defending the movie. He liked it a lot. The audience quickly develops a tolerance for new cinematic approaches, though. And what was, quote, dark for a comic book movie in 2005, when Batman Begins came out, a year when the most recent Batman movie was 1997's campy Batman and Robin, has less sting today when we've all seen Joker, the movie Joker. Is it fun? No. Effective? Definitely. And this is the point. It's a Batman movie. It can be anything. All I care about is is entertaining. Does it, you know, get at the mythos that's baked into my psyche and my memories and my thoughts in an entertaining and I don't even want to say respectful. I don't give a shit. Um, Intelligent way. Yes. So by all those metrics, this movie succeeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this movie is very much a Matt Reeves movie, and I like his work. And it's like people should not be surprised by the darkness because, I mean, not just tonally, but quite literally the picture, his his movies are dark. They they are very desaturated and dimly lit, and that's the world uh, that he lives in. You know, I, I like this. I like this well enough, too. Like you said, there are better Batman movies than this, for sure. Um all the things that you say are, are merits, definitely. Uh, I agree with you in terms of the detective issue. That's pretty good. Um, this this maybe has the best cast of any Batman movie. Uh, and I really appreciate that as a fan of character actress. To see one, a one-stop shop where you got Farrell and Jeffrey Wright and even Peter Sarsgaard in, in a small role. You know, yeah. like I thought he was Corey Stoll at first. Because he was bald. Because he, like he was bald. Yeah, he shaved his head. Well, I just one. think they, they, they look alike, yeah. Corey Stoll dated my sister very briefly in her teen years. Corey Stoll could have been my brother-in-law. Um, yes, yeah, Andy Serkis. You know, even Alfred was for three, nearly three hours of film time. My one complaint in terms of the cast is that it did not have a lot of Alfred. Um, no, you, no, you, we didn't. I, I always want more Alfred. Yeah, and I assume again we're gonna. You know, you have three hours. You could pretty much do whatever you want. And it's like I shouldn't right. walk away from a three-hour movie figuring there's more stuff that needed to be in because you, or you had three hours. Like you had plenty of time to massage more Alfred in there. Yeah, my favorite part of this was was Colin Farrell, and I'm not, I have not been a big yeah. Colin Farrell guy, but um, yeah. Farrell did something here that uh, I thought it was ridiculous when they mentioned all the prosthetics he was going to be under. That this was going to be putting a fat suit and a lot of uh, facial prostheses on him, thinking like, well, you know, you could just hire a bigger actor. There are plenty of people who have this body type that you don't need to put one of the most handsome men in Hollywood inside that. However, I saw the movie and it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to shut the fuck up because he did an incredible job. He did what Brando did when they started designing makeup uh, for The Godfather. They gave him jowls. They gave him the hairline. They gave him the mustache. They they fixed his skin. Uh, all that stuff. And it's like Brando used it, looked at the mirror, created Don Corleone based on the fact that he had this makeup that allowed him to be somebody else he wasn't. 
He didn't sound like Marlon Brando. He didn't look like Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando got the ability to do something new because makeup freed him doing that. And you know what? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Brando gained a ton of weight before The Godfather. That was that was a fat suit. A lot of it was well. He put on some weight for sure. But you know, Brando. Oh, Brand- I thought he ballooned right before The Godfather. Brando. Wait. When? 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 Wait. When was uh? He was fat in Heart of Darkness, right? Well, yes, he was huge in, in, in when they shot that from what is it, seventy seven to seventy nine or something like that. Sorry, yeah. Apocalypse Now. I know what that. you mean. You can... um, but that was after Godfather. Yeah, okay, yeah. I lost. Okay, never mind. I thought he ballooned in the sixties. No, I'm just saying. I a lot of times, you know, when they do makeup uh, with actors, people get they get swallowed up, they get lost inside the or, or it becomes a showboat thing like. Um, Gary Oldman dressing up as Winston Churchill. It's like the makeup was incredible. He looked a lot like, but it's like you know, it, it was that was just you know to be an Oscar-winning performance. This was like fun. This is pure fun that he got to do. He created a version of the Penguin we haven't seen before, and he actually sounded. He almost like created a performance that he hasn't given before, and it's highly unusual, I think, in a superhero movie of this kind of like pop ilk. Where somebody gets the ability to do this as a supporting cast member, just come in, ace a small little piece of it. That's mm-hmm. that's fun, and that that's almost like more fun than you can, you know. And and that's why I'm really glad they're doing a Penguin series with him. The game's up, Riddler. As the duly deputized agent of the law, I place you under arrest for armed robbery. Snap on the bat cuffs. You've got me, Batman. <laughs> Bill, uh, it's almost too obvious to state, but why is the Batman currently the highest grossing movie, uh, American movie, of 2022 right well i mean the comic book tent poles are still the thing that keep feature films alive in the theater uh you know and and i mean this is this is a good one as they go you know it, it i assume that it's a coincidence that the world went to war around the same time this came out this reflects a very dark and uh you know brutal kind of absolutist view of superheroes uh, to some degree not that uh Zack Snyder's movies weren't they were very much that way those those were drained of hope those were very sepia toned and desaturated um you know but there's there's something about this that maybe it it, it looks the rough tra- it looks like internally it looks like what we just lived through for the last 2 years you know it's it doesn't have much patience it's grim it's dark it's violent I mean, there is a note at the end where, you know, Batman holds up this uh, red flare, which is actually a very nice visual where he, you know, the, the movie changes tone. He's like, I can't go around scaring people. Uh, I could very much be something that people uh, glom onto. I, I could be a, a, right. be- a beacon rather than... Uh, and, I, and I love that. I didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, it was good. I love that idea of Batman as the mysterious, but not so... I, you know, I don't want him always an urban legend. No, I want Batman, like, as a hero. A benign, yeah. He's, yeah. If, you, if you're not doing it, you're not going. You're not going to worry about him if you're one of the Pe- good people. Exactly. People are glad Batman is out there and and feel like he's a positive. But but I mean, yes. let's let's talk about the market for a second here because I think that um, you know the feature space in the theaters are just tent poles. They're huge, gigantic, sprawling. You know, three hundred million dollar movies like this. You know, you you spend three hundred million to make a billion. That's what that's what's hitting the theaters right now. So the question is, it's like, well. You know, Warner's, they wanted a Batman movie out there by hook or by crook, and this is the one that they made because, you know, they had it. They, they just said, we're going to have a Batman movie out in 2022. Go ahead and get it out there. Make it. You figure out who it's going to be later, but we're going to have one. You know, they, they made this movie on demand because they needed it. Well, no, it was supposed to be 2021. Well, yeah, right. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they weren't yeah. waiting for it to coalesce creatively, sensibly. They demanded it because they figured <laughs> the market needs this and they need to make a billion yeah. dollars off of it. 
Um, so whether or not, you know, I personally, I don't think that, um, I don't think moviegoers are asking for this. I think moviegoers are given this, and this, since there's nothing else playing in the theater besides Uncharted and Encanto and whatever else, this is what you get to see. Um, you know, and wow. it, it, add that plus Batman plus the fact that people, you know, were a couple of weeks out of unmasking, you know, and coming down on COVID restrictions. So this was, I mean, this was the first time I went to the theater since I guess I saw uh, Dune or Eternals. I snuck in a couple of times along the way on deserted Saturday Saturday morning matinees to see some of those movies. But this was the first time I saw a movie with a crowd in a long time. And really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, sure. I, I've been to a lot of movies. I haven't. I mean, that's that's been on my own personal choice. <laughs> So you know, shit. Okay. I mean, this 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 behaves like a tentpole, and the market mm-hmm. now. This is what this is the shape of what a film is supposed to look like: bombastic, long, over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the kind of thing that they want you to see on a screen. Uh, and you know, that's it's. It's pretty direct. That, that that I think that's the least confounding question we have to deal with this week. Yeah, I mean, it's saying, "Hey, it's Batman. I know who Batman is. I'm going to go to a Batman movie." Like. I almost feel like, what, What? you're not going to go to a Batman movie? I feel like that's what you say to America. Um, I, I, I feel bad about crapping on Zoe Kravitz. She was fine. I thought mostly the acting was was better than fine. I thought Pattinson, I like him as Batman. I wish I had seen Bruce Wayne. Uh, I thought both Colin Farrell and Paul Dano, Paul Dano plays the Riddler, were great. Dano was, you know, spot on as creepy serial killer. I mean... I'm sure it's not the most nuanced stock character to play, the creepy serial killer, but it's not supposed to be. He had fun with it, and it was well done. Jeffrey Wright was good, even though he was whispering the whole time. He provided a little comic relief that we needed. So, you know, the plot was good. I I thought solid, held together as a mystery, as a detective story. Um, And I thought, yes, it's timely. I mean, I saw the parallels less to the war and more to you know, the insurrection. I mean, I think one review I read said, there's no way this script, that scene was written after January 6th, but it, it, that climax really makes you think of that. And it was funny. I was talking to my friend Judah Jacobson, who I went to see the movie afterwards, we're talking, and he's like, yeah, I found it unrealistic that those guys who were, you know, in the thrall of the Riddler, that they actually went out with tactical gear and were fighting and actually, like, in shape and able to, like, spar with Batman, you know, compare, compared to the real insurrectionists. And I said, well, but remember, it's a superhero movie. So they were the superhero movie version of the insurrectionists. So I can buy that. I could buy that. And I thought it was timely. And, of course, liking Batman as a hero, he foiled their plan. That's exactly what we fucking wanted on January 6th. We wanted Batman to swoop down. And just cart these guys off to prison, you know? So um, I like it. I thought it held together on that level. Uh, but but we're more saying why. I think the timely thing, my point is, it's not just me liking it. It's other people liking it. It's other people feeling a connection. You feel something with it. And that's really, you know, a movie like this, a big action movie. I mean, yeah, they're trying to make you feel uh, excitement when the Batmobile leaps out of the flaming wreckage. But it goes the extra mile when it makes you feel something, you know, intellectually and not just emotionally. <laughs> Holy ash, Trey, he did tip us off. <laughs> there were three men in a boat with four cigarettes and no matches. How did they manage to smoke? They threw one cigarette overboard and made the boat a cigarette lighter. Out riddled. Noah, let's uh, have a softball question here. Would you have liked this movie yes, as a yeah. kid? Yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. 
I mean, I was there on opening night for Batman 89. So, I mean, the mania, but it pushed me there. But of course, I, I'd love this. And in fact, uh, we'll get to the jealousy thing, but probably, God, it was probably our, in college. Uh, I had an idea way ahead of my time for a dramatic Batman TV series. I guess very much like what Gotham has turned into. But I really thought, ooh, wouldn't it be great to have a dr- like every week a new episode, you introduce the villains, and it's dark, and it's real, and it's gritty. And I mean, I don't think I imagine it as gritty as this. In my mind, it would be very comics-like. And, you know, the comics at the time were dark, but they were definitely brighter than this. And they had Robin in them and things like that, and wackier villains. And the Riddler was still wearing the bodysuit with the question marks all over it. Um, so, yeah, and anything that's Batman and serious, I would have been all over. And, of course, since I thought it was serious in an intelligent, not pretentious and stupid way, I would have thought this was, was genius. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have loved this. It's amazing. Like, if you go back to 1988 and said, you know what, starting next year, then they're on... Um, not only are you going to get Batman movies, but this is going to be what they're like. You know, it's not going to yeah. be uh, Victor Buono as uh, King Tut. It's going to be. Some... Oh, he was great. He was great as King Tut. I'm just saying, this is this is the movie you're going to get. Otherwise, you know that that's what I wanted. King Tut, bring me King Tut, bring me Egghead, Louis the bring Lilac, me all those guys. Yeah. Louis the Lilac, right. all dead, all dead. The only living, I believe, the only living Batman villains from the '60s are John Aston, Julie Newmar, and Julie Newmar. Yeah, I think that's it. I believe you're right. Uh, so yeah, you know, 1989 was a watershed because Batman was the first of the. Even though it didn't start the thing rolling, I mean, Batman movies kept coming out. I guess for you had four movies after '89, uh, you know, and but it it wasn't exactly a uh, self propelled um, quadrilogy, and it didn't. It you know it didn't uh, uh, change the world and like make all the comic book movies come out. It was just the Batman movies that was the franchise. You know, even X Men movies didn't start a Marvel universe. Uh, Spider Man movies, like you had them, they were like little islands that that you know were just action franchises based on comics. Um, now, now we're living in the all the time saturation of of you know comic book universes and, and all these things are running continuity and, and there's TV shows and streamings and all these things that are left over. Um, you know, but it's like yeah, as a kid, 1989. You know, I, I can only imagine if we had been around in 70. Was it 78 when Superman came out? Um, uh, I think it was 78. Yeah, so it's like I don't. I mean, that movie was a gigantic success, but I just don't know if that would have um, had the same effect on us as kids as Batman did in '89. The world, uh, the comic books, uh, what pop culture turned into. Well, we, and we were the perfect age for we something were the per- like dark, dark and serious. And we read, we read the Batman. comics. It, yeah. That was a union yeah. of all those things, and so it's like, yeah. And in yeah. some ways, it's kind of been 1989 ever since, if you think about it, because there's always been something for us. And, you know, I mean, I, I feel bad for the people who uh, don't want these and it's like would rather have Howard's End and Merchant Ivory movies in the theaters where they used but to why? be. But why? But they can go see those too. They, they're not making those. They're not. They're simply not making those movies anymore. Or they're making those direct to streaming. If right? they're making them at all, they're going direct to streaming. Or they're, they're not making no. pretentious period no. movies at all anymore. There, really? there is a there is a there is. There, of course, there are some that get made, but it's like it is. It, can, is it is a desert. It is a desert right now. Things, isn't there? Aren't, isn't there like Downton Abbey movies or? Well, that was that was soap opera. That's not the same thing as uh, you know Ismail Merchant and uh, what was it, James? Yeah, 
Merchant, Merchant, yeah, Ivory. Merchant Ivory. It's like James Ivory. <laughs> so I remember the Onion headline after 9-11, someone going, I usually hate, like, people are surprised to find themselves living in a Michael Bay movie. And someone goes, I usually hate those Merchant Ivory movies, but now I'd much rather be living in one of those than a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> what is it that no man wants to have, yet no man wants to lose? A lawsuit. Correct. Boy wonder. <laughs> is the success of this movie or the existence of the movie or the fact that this is what a Batman movie now looks like and that it got rebooted again just 10 years after Dark Knight Rises and three years after Justice League or whatever, five years, is any of this a sign of the apocalypse? I don't know. I mean, that I want to see. I want to see Batman go to Apocalypse with a mother box, fight Darkseid, fight Calabac. Team up with Mr. Miracle. That's what I want. Read, comic read the comics. So it's already, you don't need to see a movie of read it. Read the comics. Um, I, you know, it's like, I wish the creators didn't feel the need to continually dig deeper into grit for inspiration. You, you know, but you could say just wait a couple of minutes because, you know, this was a tone change. I mean, Nolan was pretty gritty, already more gritty than Burton and, and Schumacher. This was grittier than that even. It's like, well, the question is, is the next one going to be even grittier or is that going to be a tone change in another direction? We don't know. Um, I do know that the, the you know what they're trying to do now is give you something that it feels like oh this is not what came before this is there's a new reason to see a Batman movie and as, but as you say people don't read a, they don't need a new reason to see a Batman movie it's a fucking Batman movie they're going to go to see regardless of the content that that's inside of it I'm pretty sure um, I, I think it's going to do well enough on its own just that it's Batman and in a way it doesn't matter what the tone is it doesn't matter how gritty it is how if this is seven instead of uh, you know a Tom Clancy story which is what those Nolan movies came across more as I guess if you want to make it you know an, an equivalent or a metaphor um, you know the, the thing is it's like that Joker movie that we we did that as a topic that was like episode issue one episode 100 or something of our show we, we did that in the first uh, year or so and um I it was uh, like that was weird, you know. I I don't think of that movie at all, and it's like what I think of it is mm. like, well, it was that was a performance that Joaquin Phoenix won the Oscar for, and it was trying to taxi drive her eyes or, or Martin Scorsese <laughs> eyes the thing, and you know, and it's like, okay, yeah. I get it. This character who kills people for a living needs to be brought down even more and made more sad and more depressing and more maudlin, and you know, without any hope of redemption or anything like that. It's like I I get it. I mean. That's the only thing is that it it seems like it it's pretty obvious to do this take over and over again of just like doubling down. I mean, you know, uh, uh, what would what did Will Arnett say in the Lego Movie when he put on his song? It's just darkness, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what this this is essentially. It's like, well, we've already parodied that. It's like, well, is this a parody of a parody? Look, I like the movie. But it is kind of a joke. How dark can you possibly go? You know. So I mean, is that an apocalypse thing? I don't know. It's it's more about attitudinally. What are they going to do as as a studio and filmmakers? That kind of thing. I don't think this is a sign of the apocalypse at all. Despite what? Oh my God! Do not read the New Yorker review of this movie by Anthony. <laughs> and he and it's not that he says the apocalypse. He's just like, when did Batman get the the? And why is he so dark? And this stuff is for kids. I don't understand it. God, that guy must hate his life. Um. No, this is not a sign of the apocalypse in any way. And that's another thing, like the malleability. I feel like the people who are down on this movie don't recognize that Batman is supposed to be a thousand, can be a thousand different things, can be any interpretation you want. You can have the comedy Batman, you can have the serious Batman, you can have the bizarre Batman, you can have the, you know, Batman who fights in the Civil War, you know, whatever you want. It's this is what happens with pop culture characters. I mean, Batman is like Sherlock Holmes or like 
James Bond or like, you know, fucking Paul Bunyan. Like, even though legally someone owns Batman, you know, de facto, no one owns Batman. You know, uh, Batman's like Little Red Riding Hood. I mean, this is what pop culture does. It's about how people consume it. And yes, Matt Reeves had the legal right to to make a sanctioned Batman, but the fact that he made a Batman that you might not like or might not, you know, cohere with what you expect or want Batman to be can't possibly be a terribly bad thing. Um, so yeah, I really have trouble seeing how this might be a bad thing, even if you hate this movie. Ignore it. Don't go see it. Get them, boys. Get them, or it's curtains! All right, no, well, let's wrap this thing up with our final two segments. Yeah. The first question I'm going to ask you about uh, is, are, are you jealous of, I guess, the Batman? The Batman? I don't even know how, how we... I'm this. jealous of the. I'm not jealous of Batman. Um, yeah, of course I am. I mean, partly, you know, there's this little part of me that always wanted to be an actor, and part of that was, oh, it would have been in a Batman movie. Like, I could have played, I could have played the Riddler. I mean, I couldn't have played Batman. Um, I could have played the Penguin. By the way, I thought Al from Happy Days was great as the Penguin. Yeah, hang on a second. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> didn't you think he looked like him? He looked like Al Molinaro. Yeah, I can see that. I can just Al from the Happy Days. I always love that dude. Uh, yeah, so there's that jealousy. And then, like I said, I wrote this thesis in college. I honestly think I was ahead of my time with recognizing the malleability of Batman, the importance of Batman, the fact that Batman reflects... You know, I kind of trace Batman since the, the 30s and how he reflected trends in pop, greater popular culture. Um, you know, it was a little malformed when I was, an un, I was an undergraduate. So there's a little part of me that, like, I should have been the Batman scholar. But whatever, you know, that's life. Uh, so I'm totally jealous of this. Sure, why not? I was you no pondering because like, I don't. I I think this has to be an NA for me because I there's no uh, overlap. I mean, I like the character. I don't identify with the creators. I don't identify with um, somebody who took Batman that seriously uh, as an exploit professionally. Like this doesn't do anything that makes me think uh, I should be. You know, I have some sort of ownership of some piece of either the Batman phenomena or this movie itself. Um, an idea that they might have had, or anybody involved with it. So no, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. Uh, that was that was a, that was an easy one to figure out. But and then let's uh, uh, trans let's slide into our fallopian scale, Noah. Why don't we slide? And as the Goo Goo Doll said, uh, yeah. So where do you uh, where do you find this on the X Y Z axis of all of our topics? All right, so let's compare this to similar films, or at least genre wise similar films. I thought this was better than Joker. Um. Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with you, too. There wasn't yeah, much of a movie I mean, around I, Joker, you know. I, I don't know. I like Joker, and Phoenix was good, but um, I thought this was less pretentious than Joker. It had better action. And come on, like, fine, malleability, yes, but, like, I want fucking fight scenes in my Batman movies. I want action. I want Batman beating the shit out of, you know, goons. I mean, Anthony Lane does that whole thing, like, oh, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne should spend his money to clean up the city, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, of course he should. But it's a comic book. Lex Luthor should also use his genius to, to you know, legally build something the government buys and make a zillion dollars instead of building a fucking robot to attack Superman and rob a bank. You know, of course, it's a superhero movie. Batman should go out and beat the, beat the shit out of subway muggers. Uh, so I would say this was 120% of the Joker. Right? Okay, yeah. Now, however, let's compare it to another topic of ours. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Was that the topic, or did we just say Zack Snyder? 
Yeah, we did. And then we did Zack Snyder's did Justice Snyder. League. Yeah. Right. So we did Snyder, but I'll I'll fudge that and say Batman v Superman. This was forty-seven times better than Batman. V Superman. <laughs> it's all of a sudden this is starting to sound like the colon blow commercial. Phil, Phil Hartman on the yes, big stack pretty, of uh, pretty much, bowls, which yeah. is just just a terrible terrible movie. And I say this as someone who enjoyed Justice League. Didn't love it. This is way better than Justice League. Uh, so forty-seven times better than Batman v Superman nine times better than Justice League. How about that? I think this is good comic book fiction, uh, which, again, we've covered quite a bit on this uh, on this show. Uh, it's not my favorite f- ex- expression of the form that we've talked about. Like you say, I, I liked Endgame more. That was more the thing for me. It, uh, yes, I did like Endgame. And even, you know what, I'm inclined yes. to say that WandaVision uh, was also... Something about that was that... Uh, yes. That was a yes. bright spot. In the, I mean, you know, that was yes. the cultural thing about, oh, this is a TV show that they're dropping more yep. stuff, and it was good, it was unexpected. Like, that stuff, you know, scratched an itch that I didn't know I had. Uh, you're, you're mixing Marvel and DC, man. That's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. That's oil and vinegar. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I I might be inclined to rank this uh, on, on a non... I'm not going to... Those are the movies I like, but I'm going to put it... You know, I like to pull something else that is, a, you know, that, that is not the same like. Like is not going to get like in this case. I'm going to... Rank this with the, the, the what did we call it the, uh, the the red chili pepper cult that we did that that hot the hot sauce cult. I'll ex- <laughs> okay, I'll explain. All why. right, here's All the right. thing. Yeah. I like the taste. I like it a lot. I use I use it frequently. Okay, however, the overwhelming burning sensation can get out of hand very quickly if you go too heavy on whatever that secret sauce is that makes it good. And I think that you know, for instance, with chili pepper sauce. Uh, there's there's a fine line and you'll walk over the line it's a painful experience and I think that to a degree with this Batman movie it's like I like the grit I like that stuff I like how serious it is but then there gets to a point where it's like it's almost too much it's almost too hard to see it's too unrelenting uh, it, it, it you know it repeats the same note uh, speaking of which that was Michael Cicchino's uh, theme. I actually liked it a lot, but it was kind of repeating the same note. That that bat- well, There's some song it kept reminding me of it oh, drove me insane. Sc- oh! Sc- Sky Wingfield said it was uh, the Imperial March. It was the yes, yeah. yes. I heard the Imperial March. Yeah. I kept hearing the Imperial. March. I didn't you know, until he it was frustrated until he yes. mentioned that in his pod, the film eighty nine podcast. I did. I said yes, you're right. Yes. It didn't occur to me though. But I kept hearing the Imperial March. And by the way, I don't know if it was Anthony Lane, but there was someone who said that was the best thing about the movie. The score, Chikino score. That might have been Chikino's yeah, best score I, so far. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe no, no. It was the best thing about about the oh Batman the Batman well, score. I don't know. Or just say, all right, whatever, man. All right, we're, we're done with Don't go see We're done with movies. this. Yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, if you want to find uh, past episodes of this here program, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Go in the aggregators and give us a review. We're, we're, we're begging. We're on our knees. Uh, we'll punch you in the head. We are vengeance. Do, do what we say. Christ we are vengeance. We are vengeance. I also saw a review that said, like, he couldn't decide what he was called. He never called himself Batman. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just call him Vengeance. I, I did like that, Catwoman calling him Vengeance. Yeah. I thought that was clever. Uh, I, um, I am on uh, Twitter personally, at William Scurry. My YouTube channel is AMCaesar, youtube.com slash AMCaesar. And uh, now Noah will continue speaking. He will continue speaking, because when it comes to Batman, he never shuts up. Uh, I am the Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com. The world's greatest live trivia events, both virtually and in person. And uh, yeah, um, business is back for us. That's nice. 
Uh, so we have a heavy spring, but we could always make room for your events. So go to bigquizzing.com and uh, inquire today about your own customized trivia experience. All right, everybody, until our next grim and gritty and unrelentingly dark episode of this year podcast, we, we don't, don't get, get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.